Musical Theater Writer Guy is recorded as a YouTube channel series on Muncie Lenape and Canarsie Lands. The audio from each episode is also released here in podcast form. To watch or to learn more, please find us on YouTube or through my website at michaelraddy.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-R-A-D-I dot com. Enjoy the show! Hello everyone, I'm Michael Raddy, a.k.a. Musical Theater Writer Guy. Musical Theater Writer Guy. That's me! Welcome to my channel, where I talk about everything musical theater from a writing perspective. I upload videos every other Friday, so make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell to never miss an episode. As a performer, composer, lyricist, librettist, musical director, and vocal coach, I have learned a great deal about how understanding effective musical theater writing can be helpful to all kinds of theater makers. Whether you're a performer, a writer, a director, designer, stagehand, audience member, a professional artist, aspiring, or you simply love the theater, my goal is to present you with information that will help to enhance your theatrical experiences and and bolster your enjoyment of the theater. Today is part two of the two-part mini-series on the 32-bar course in musical theater. If you have not yet checked out part one, you can click on over and do that now. In part one, we talked all about the basics of the 32-bar musical theater chorus, we defined the terms verse, chorus, and hook, and we took an in-depth look at AABA structure using the song If I Loved You from Carousel. Today we will be taking a look at ABAC and ABAB structure and talking about how understanding the 32-bar course is useful to all kinds of theater makers and audience members as well. So, let's hit that downbeat and get the show going. In part one, while we were looking at AABA structure, we talked about how the A sections are defined by the hook. They present the hook, which is the thesis of the song, and then they build upon it. Honestly, AABA is a lot like writing a research paper, but a lot more concise, a lot more fun, and with music to back you up. ABAC and ABAB function similarly, but a little bit different. The A sections still contain the hook, but they're formatted in two mini four-bar subsections. And instead of simply stating the hook, plus some musical development as an AABA, these A sections tend to state the hook multiple times, twice or more. Let's look at an example. We'll start with a song that we could classify as ABAB, and you'll see why that little asterisk is there in a bit, I promise. Let's take a look at maybe this time from Kander and Ebb's Cabaret, a true classic, and sadly a part that I'll never play. <sighs> Sorry, I'm back. The song opens after this absolutely delicious underscore with... Stay. 
Now that's just the first four bar mini section of the first A, and yet we've already heard the hook twice, and we're getting a sense already that the melody is going to be a bit repetitious. That is the hallmark of ABAB and ABAC. Quick repetitions of the main idea and the motifs. So if that's a hallmark, then the next four bar mini section should follow suit. Maybe this time, for the first time, love won't hurry away. And it does. The hook comes back immediately for a third time, and we repeat the entire four bar melody just up a fourth. By this time, we know exactly what the song is about, and we have a great sense of the musical language of what we're singing. Now, you may be thinking, why is this so repetitive in comparison to AABA? Well, although there is no hard and fast rule, this type of 32 bar chorus structure is usually used when someone is trying to convince someone or themselves of something important. When we try to convince, we often repeat ourselves and make sure that the main idea sticks before we then develop further. That's what Sally Bowles is trying to do here, trying to convince herself that maybe, just maybe, this time we'll be different. So then we hit upon our first B section. Now, just like in AABA structure, B sections are meant to give us another perspective on the main idea of the song. However, the only real difference here is that we haven't said too much about the main topic yet, so we actually do use the B sections to help further develop the idea as well. Here, Sally dreams about how it would be different this time in comparison to the past. He will hold me fast. I'll be home at last. Not a loser anymore like the last time and the time before. Sally dreams of being held and safe and having a home for the first time, unlike every previous tryst. And that leads us back to A material. Now, Michael, I know how this goes. It's gonna be the hook and then the same melody as before. Well, dear audience member alter ego of mine, you're half right. We will indeed return to the same melody as the first A section, but We've already stated the hook multiple times, so we don't have to anymore. We can, and sometimes we do, but in this song, we've already stated it thrice. So now we can say other things about the idea and continue to develop it further. Everybody loves a winner. what I long to be. In this A section, it sounds like Sally is now trying to build herself up to the culmination of the logic, the final argument, the real reason as to why she should believe that this time will be different. And that's exactly where we land at the beginning of the second B section, or 
be prime. Okay, okay. So, why does this B have an asterisk? Well, as you're about to hear, this B section starts with the same chord and the same melodic statement in the first measure as the first B section, the same musical germ, if you will. But this time, instead of disarming downward, we actually find ourselves ramping upward. This alters the melody and the chord progression and leads us up to our final moment of convincing in the argument. So it starts with the same B material, but it changes. So B prime? Okay, so here's Sally's final attempt to convince herself of the argument in the second B. All the odds are in my favor. Time, maybe this time I'll win. Not only does Sally state the culmination of the logical argument in desperately triumphant music, but the end of this B section actually lands us right back where we started with our hook, giving us that finality, that, that sense of completion that we crave from the 32-bar chorus. Whew! Exhausted yet? I hope not, because now we're going to hit a quick example of ABAC and show how there is a slight variation between that form and the ABAB. For this example, I'm going to use a song from my original musical, The King's Legacy, entitled A Tudor Rose. In this song, Anne Boleyn is holding her newborn daughter, the future Queen Elizabeth I, and she is singing of her dreams for Elizabeth's future. Dreaming of the future is another type of convincing, as we try to manifest with our thoughts what we desire most. Now, notice as you listen that the A sections have their hallmark mini sections, along with multiple statements of the hook and a repetitive melody. I only state the hook twice in my first A section, so you will hear it once more in the second A section. The B section, however, functions exactly as mentioned before in ABAB. I'll stop right before the C section. I'll stop right before the C. That sounds nicer than C section. Like, our brains all go to the thing, right? Like the thing with the baby. That's where my brain goes. I think everyone's brain goes there, right? Is that just me? Is that just me? My little Elizabeth, I shall give you everything. The greatest love from the greatest family in a world that will be yours someday. So small yet so tender, born into splendor. Cheeks like a Tudor rose, soft skin, fair complexion. You are perfection, Lizzie, my Tudor rose, fully.
water and you'll keep rising. Very similar to what we've already discussed in ABAB form, but instead of returning to the musical germ from the B section, we are now going to use a new melody and new chord progression to finish the argument. The feeling elicited in the C is going to mirror the B section, but somehow it stretches beyond to bring us to the final culmination of our argument. finishes her argument by bringing together literal color representations of the Tudor rose, white and red, and transposing them onto Elizabeth for all the world to see and to admire. And that, my friends, is the breakdown of ABAB and ABAC 32 bar musical theater chorus structure. All right, all right, all right, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, this video seems more involved than last week's, and I still haven't even told you how understanding this is useful to all types of theater makers. Yeah, you're right. But it's coming in part three. Kidding, kidding, so very kidding. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> By this point, you can probably see some of the uses this would have for theater makers and audiences, but here are some of my thoughts. Writers, these structures are really great starting places for songs, or when you're stuck, it's really nice to be able to fall back on this structure to get you out of that rut and get something on the paper. Performers, not only does having an understanding of the structure help you break down and analyze your character's journey in a rehearsal process, but have you ever wondered why auditions ask you for 16 to 32 bars of music? 32 bars is just a full chorus, and 16 is, likely, the second half of a chorus. Directors and producers, are you having trouble following a character's journey in a piece, or getting a full sense of the story, or perhaps you're reading a script that has a problem in it and you can't quite figure out what it is? Having this understanding can help you analyze and figure out what exactly the problem is and what's missing. Designers, when you can so clearly mark the path of a character with signposts of repetition and change, can help you decide when you want your design elements to evolve and change and move forward with the character so that it fits exactly with the writing. Musical directors and choreographers. Not only does teaching the material become easier with this understanding, but you can also use it to inspire the interpretation and storytelling of the piece with your performers. And audience members. When you can recognize these patterns and signposts as you're listening to or watching a piece of musical theater, it allows your brain to relax and simply remain engaged with the story in front of you. You can trust that the journey will be laid out for you in an easily understood way, and you can better track the evolution of the character's journey and the piece. Everyone involved, both on stage and off, can benefit from understanding the 32-bar musical theater course structure and its intent. 
and hopefully you'll walk away from this mini-series feeling more knowledgeable and ready to apply this information to your next theatrical experience. Alright fellow cast members, now it's time to hear your thoughts. If you liked this video, make sure to hit like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, and most importantly, leave a comment below. The theater is a community and I want this channel to be an extension of that community, so I do want to hear from you. The next episode will arrive in two weeks, but in the meantime, if you have not yet checked out my first two videos, you can do that now. Thank you all for being here with me today, and I'll see you again soon. Cheers!